0: (laughs) it's been some time again my friend Uh, it is
1: been some time and and things have not
0: gotten better they have gotten progressively worse right so i listened to our new year's eve episode again Mm -hmm. because sometimes i do that before we have an episode to remind myself Mm -hmm. it's horrifying right it's truly like it's oh and what's the part that got me today when I was listening back was that we were talking about how so many 60 year olds hadn't had their booster yet their third dose mm-hmm. and looking back now knowing that they published that study and like yeah just were like holding back for six months and whatnot because they were doing a, the little experiment it's yeah it's really gross to see all the pieces
1: come together to remember Dr. Tam warning them publicly not to do that too I remember that happening
0: well, and just like every time there's been any sort of research that has come out, um, the way that Henry has responded as well with that, like, grain of salt, like the Moriarty data, right? And she, uh, like, maybe maybe we'll talk about the, the kids. Yeah. Uh, might as well start with that since that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so Monday Presser. I watched. I watched the bit of this where she was getting questions uh, and was questioned about the death of a child to flu, and she pretty much said she didn't know anything about it. Wow. Uh, and said how, yeah, it's sad, but it's so rare for kids to have severe illness. And um, in, in the context of that, she actually would didn't even like say children had died, but then. When did the presser come out that they finally released it at, like, 5.57 p.m.? I think it was maybe Thursday? Thursday, Friday. Or Friday? Yeah. Um, That, like, at least six children have died so far in the last two weeks.
1: Yeah. uh, I think it's even more disturbing that they're promising more updates weekly of child deaths. Right. um, Instead of implementing a mask mandate that would probably solve this whole problem in two weeks flat.
0: So Mel (laughs) let let me let (laughs) me just like go through their heads to tell you what they're doing again. Yeah. Is that here we are again in the same position where these people in such denial their current thought to themselves and what they're spinning it to the population is like well this is like we have to get through this hard winter, right? But then all the kids will have had those diseases and it'll be just fine. Um, But what's the problem with that, Mal? We already see, we already saw RSV hit, right? Mm. It's still hitting hard. And not only that, but the rates of vaccination have dropped off so significantly and for the flu shot too are just abysmal that, I mean, I'm very concerned for not only this winter, but for the fact that they think that this winter is going to somehow give them this immunity debt <laughs>
1: it's not a
0: thing. or, or uh, oh herd goodness. immunity because they swing between these things now, immunity debt and herd immunity. Um, but what's going to happen is we're just going to end up killing a bunch of kids who have no immune systems. That's exactly. sort of what it feels like is going to happen instead. Yep. And we're seeing that. So November 5th, I started my first hashtag with eyes wide open because I saw that the RSV wave was starting in the United States. And since November 5th, I have had 33 posts on that Eyes Wide Open. And that's more than one child I'm talking about in some posts, right? We're Mm -hmm. talking about at least 50 children I've tracked so far. And these are just like, you know, the cases we know about.
1: It's incredible. It's heartbreaking and it's incredible. I'm I'm still trying
0: to process. And it's across Canada.
1: I know. I'm still trying to process all this right now
0: but yesterday we see the US put forth that they're going to make sure that the merv based um air filtration is in all US federal buildings where's where's canada on this we're silent we have our we have our prime minister out there in the faces of babies getting his like fifth round of covid
1: yeah i found that a little credulous that he was out doing a photo shoot meet and greet with a bunch of people what looks like in a mall with no mask whatsoever (laughs) I was like wow
0: right like they're telling us there's a tridemic and we have palliative care in Calgary being shut down so that they can send staff to Alberta's Children's Hospital and we have BC Children's Hospital that was on a code orange mere weeks ago and this is this is the leadership
1: maybe one day we'll look back and realize this it wasn't worth all the pretending everything was normal
0: well we don't have to look back to do that (laughs) we knew that from the start I know. This is what pisses me off. And this is the forever anger rage trap I'm in right now is like, there's no excuses anymore. I don't Mm -mm. I'm not accepting them. Right? When people, you know, right now when people are like, Well, why aren't you going to the restaurant? I'm like, because there's a pandemic. And then I just stare at them blankly. (laughs) What else am I supposed to do at this point? (laughs) I still don't want to die. Peace. Okay? Like, right like Ollie just had strap like holy oh did he have strap oh my he did and we it took us five days to get the test back and then get antibiotics I'm fucking lucky my son isn't one of those kids in the UK wow right and then my oldest had bronchitis oh my goodness how scary but well, you're going to see the strep hitting here, right? Oh, like The strep is coming across Canada as well. The UK, I mean, what has Bonnie Henry loved doing? Pointing to the UK and saying, look, we're headed there. Well, great. Look, we're headed there, motherfuckers.
1: I've lost count. Are there like 20-something dead kids right now?
0: 16 kids to strep so far. Ugh. Right? That's terrifying. And this, and, and this is early early for a flu season right like you mm. see the graphs where our flu seasons usually start and for some reason these people are again <laughs> trying to say like "Ooh, it's gonna hit hard and fast and then what it'll be over y'all think this is gonna be over in two weeks
1: no <laughs> it will go through everyone's home and and you can get reinfected that's the awful thing about the flu
0: well, and, and now it doesn't matter because it's going to be COVID, then it's going to be the flu, then it's going to be RSV, then it's going to be a bacterial infection. Like, mm-hmm. we we can't, uh, you know, we can't just do this endlessly. That's the point is, like, they're pretending as if this pathway can just keep going. It can't. People be dropping fucking dead. Yeah. Literally. All around us. There's I have seen five videos this week of people dropping dead on air.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: That's not something we were seeing. That's something our children are going to grow up seeing. Yeah. What's up, Cindy?
2: Hey, it's not going to be over because what always follows the children, the adults, and now we, seriously, now we have Christmas coming, and that great mix-up. The hospitals are going to be in such a horrific place in, January, in February. I, I, I can't even bear to think of it.
0: Genuinely. I agree. I don't understand where people think this is going to go, let alone that we already don't have enough pediatric-based workers. We're using adult-based workers for that. That's just not going to result in good things, right? The outcomes will not be as great with that. And this is the moral injury to the workers now, while they're doing the same things that they had to do in 2020, but on kids, right? Like, We're going to lose more people in this because who can, a lot of people are not going to be able to weather that. They're just going to see a bunch of kids dying and then what, still see our leaders say nothing. And that is going to be so injurious to our workers.
2: It's completely inhumane. And it's especially egregious because frontline workers are screaming, hello, we see this wave coming. We see this tsunami. Can we please get some help? And they're out there kissing babies and and ignoring. They can't say masks. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just, it's it's criminal. Like, I I just, I weep. Well,
0: and these people are so short-sighted that they don't realize when they break the caregivers, when we can't give any more, it doesn't work. Right? Society is held up by these frontline and essential workers that choose every day to continue going into this part because they care part because capitalism makes it so it's impossible not to but humanity has a breaking point i've been saying that for two years you cannot expect people to do this endlessly both by exhaustion from sickness now and just moral distress of watching children die i'm seeing some of the hospitals you know watching in China where they've started to let go of some of those regulations and we're seeing what it looks like when a big wave comes. It's horrifying seeing some of the hospitals right now. Right? It's packed.
2: And it's not normal sickness. We have the majority of the population is now immune compromised mm-hmm. because of post-COVID infections. So already they're, they can't fight what they could normally fight. So these infections are worse. So then you want to get them on antibiotics for these (laughs) bacterial infections. But a lot of antibiotics also lower white blood cells, furthering the problem. You know so this is not going to be good which
0: which the immune compromised people or the people with autoimmune disorders have been screaming this from the start cuz we a lot of us have already been in that position of having like gross amounts of antibiotics and dealing with some of the outcomes of that and then you see the NHS talking about giving preventative waves of antibiotics to children what are we doing
2: well, what's terrifying is that now we're starting to see antibiotic shortages in certain places around the globe, you know?
0: <laughs> well, and we know that we're going to funnel it here to the freaking Western world, and we're going to deprive how many other countries of what they actually need, which we've been doing all along. And we are too selfish to put any protections in, but we expect the world to save us with all of the supplies. Like, it, this is the... Freaking ugliness of colonization here in the methods of our pandemic response to the nth degree.
2: Absolutely, there's kids that can't even get Tylenol, Nadvil in some areas, you know, and it's just, you know, they have to make a hospital visit to get a prescription to have it compounded, which is another level of ridiculousness. You can make it yourself at home, you know, mm-hmm. if you just crush a 325 milligram. But so many people. They don't have that knowledge base Absolutely. that skill set to do this. And, and so they take their kid to ER, you know. So, yeah, it's just, I um, I'm bracing for it. I just, it's like watching a train crash because
0: you see it coming, right? Oh, so slowly too. And so ragefully because every step of the way we have been there to be like, no, stop people are going to get hurt. Right. And it's again, that realization that we sit with every time that they don't care. The point is they don't care. This is the plan. The plan is to keep driving this down and pretending that their plan was the right one so they don't have to accept the damage they did. But guess what? The economy figures and the actuaries and the life insurance data is not going to be hidden forever.
2: Oh, exactly! That double downing just to kind of now do damage control is ridiculous. You know, it's just horrible to watch this.
0: And and people still don't even have the knowledge. That I've seen some of the cases where the parents have lost children, and they are still anti-vaccine and anti-mask. What really?
1: Wow.
0: Yeah.
2: And and they any any time somebody you see somebody out there who's anti-vax, anti mass then something happens like a sudden death, death, or very serious consequences of a COVID infection. They're blaming the vaccine. Absolutely, wow!
0: Even though most people are way past their booster point, we've got almost no immunity from it. For many people, children don't because they're still not releasing vaccines half the time. Mm-hmm. BC holds them back for God knows amount of time, right? Like they've done almost everything in their power to make this the worst possible outcome, and, and it is. Our hospitals are collapsing in BC, right? Cormorant was already closed overnight effectively for, for, for what, four months now? And now they're just having full weekend closures, right? People are just dying. There have been four people that have walked into the Port Hardy Emergency Department to find it closed while having heart attacks or chest pains
2: and then you have people like Biden sitting there going yeah if everybody just gets the booster they can just all meet together for christmas meanwhile here's bq1.1 going high guess what your vaccines don't work on me so that's fun well and and
0: yeah i mean and at the end of the day there's there's not going to be any hospital room for people and when it comes down to children versus adults they're going to choose the children right like we have all these compounding factors at this point that is driving just complete collapse of a healthcare system and not one that privatization is going to be able to sweep in and fix. The collapse will be way too great. Oh, I completely agree. The people that genuinely care and want this uh, system to actually work when it collapses, like to the way that we don't have it, where the government sort of tries to sweep in and privatize, it's going to crush so many providers. And I don't know
2: where they think they're going to get other workers from. The workers are getting sick themselves, you
0: know, physically and
2: mentally, just absolutely exhausted.
0: Well, and as we see the outcomes, it will get worse, right? The mental distress of people as the time goes on longer and longer, and we see more and more studies that they can't deny the impact of these things, that distress will get worse, right? Because people are now trying to cope with the fact that, Uh, Well, they're coping with all the things we coped with, but way later, the government sucks. They lied to us. Uh, They don't care. There's a possibility that we have damaged the immune system of my entire family. I might die 20 years earlier, right? Like people have to start to grip that and the reality of that. Absolutely. And that's going to be problematic
2: because these are people who couldn't even process a decent human being and put a mask on.
0: Correct. And then they're going to be really angry that they were affected. But the fact is that how do they resolve that dissonance that they made the choices? It's going to be an ugly time for all of us. Because humans don't do that nicely. Humans are very good at hurting each other. And the problem is, I think many of us see it coming when that comes down the first wave of it, they're going to be pissed at us. the people that continued wearing masks, the people that kept testing, the people that kept reminding them because they'll also know we are probably less likely to be impacted, right? All those things get pushed in their face and then they're left just being angry at us because it's a lot easier to do that and tell us that we're wrong, tell us that it's going to be okay than face the fact that we are in a real big bucket of shit right now.
2: And I think it's a common... Uh, psychological tenant for people to want someone else to blame when Absolutely. they're adjusted and they can't handle reality and are so used to just
0: following the crowd. Which and is public health don't. has provided the perfect pathway to allow them to do that. They have provided exactly the pathway and words and um, abdication of leadership and rejection of science to give these people a speaking voice on all of these points and let them roll with it. Our public health has handed that to those people. And this is the outcome.
1: Well, the immunity debt argument is now like oh. ingrained in everyone's brain and it's a complete error. Like it's, it's not even a real thing, you know, it's, the it's idea PR you spin.
0: It's just a misuse, right? It's a term that they took similar to herd immunity and they completely turned it around in a way that allows people to use it so that they can excuse what is happening by using this immunity debt. But it's being misused. Are there more kids getting sick? Yes. Were they not exposed? Yes. So more kids are going to have RSV. That doesn't explain the higher proportions of severity that we're seeing, that don't match those percentages. That's per capita rates, right? Like we can look at all those things, but most people aren't going to listen that far. Most people don't want to hear my stats; They want to hear from their health leaders that it's just fine. They want to hear that, you know, there's only been a few kids. It's the fat kids, right? That's what Bonnie Henry is currently saying. It's the fat kids. Oh, wow. She said it's the obese kids, right? She
2: is among the worst, (laughs) she's a ghoul even listen to
0: her she's an absolute ghoul she sat there and she denied the fact that kids had died on Monday pretended she didn't know about the one that had just died and then has to turn around at the end of the week and admit that at least six kids have died in BC in the last two weeks from this tridemic And she never once said, maybe we should mask up. She just says, oh. No, she said that's only for people in situations that warrant it. She's pretty much said the immune compromised are the only people that should be wearing masks and only in specific settings.
2: Great. So that now includes everyone who's had COVID at least once. That's right. She's a menace. I just hope, like myself, other people are keeping receipts because someday there will be um, accountability in some format. Like, they can't keep this facade. It's really quickly unraveling,
0: and Mm -hmm. they're struggling.
2: They're starting to struggle.
0: Yeah, they can't keep control of it because it's going to become more and more absurd, right? It's going to become more and more Trumpian, and that's where we're headed, unfortunately. ICS is completely going down conservative hell, as maybe the United States tries to do something, because we're just, we're in the tailspin of Trump in Canada right now. I'm more afraid Pierre Poutine's gonna be our frickin' Prime Minister, and then what? Like our healthcare system's in real frickin' trouble.
1: They were saying that if he becomes PM, he's gonna appoint that person you dislike so much into the Senate.
0: (laughs) Which person? Jordan. (laughs) <laughs> oh, i know
1: that that was there was talk uh, that man is a Twitter menace to that.
0: psychology that man yes. is a fucking menace oh oh that oh okay <laughs> yep okay moving past that anyway if jordan peterson i will lose my mind i'll go pick it on the lawn i'll just sit out there with a picture of my grandma or something i don't know but there but the fact that people don't understand that If our government changes even more, this could get worse. And they're just in denial of that. I'm sorry, folks, but we can't trust our leaders to be good people in this. I think that's been made pretty damn clear at this point.
1: I just can't believe that there's not more outrage over all the kids' deaths. And then can we talk about how...
0: Because how many people are actually parents, Mel? Adults in Canada. Not, not enough for it to make enough. a big enough um, dent, let alone that when you're looking at those people that are going to definitely push like the 20s, 30s, 40s that want to be going out. A lot of them don't have children. They're not going to be impacted by the fact of those households. It, it's made it a perfect mess because the way that public health has spun it is there's a scapegoat at every fucking corner. Right. There's some group that you can say it's bad for them. It's hard for them, but not for us. And we can keep going on. And public health has provided them the language to do that.
1: Are we ever going to get out of this pandemic? It it doesn't, it feels like the awful. I
0: I think so so far back. I absolutely think we're going to get out of pandemic because uh, we'll, it's just sort of the life cycle of this, but that doesn't mean it ain't going to fucking hurt. Right? And I don't think people understand that the first three years of this pandemic were pandemic light. We were controlling the variant spread. We were controlling these things. I look at the freaking maps of the, the spread of the mutations of it now, and I'm like, what are we doing? Right? We've given it every piece of information on us to make it better at doing this. And we've under-vaccinated our population. We've also immune-compromised them. We've made the perfect breeding ground for worse-off variants, let alone for the mixing between the the various viruses that people are getting now. I know.
1: They're, they're saying that there's possible variant that's like the avian flu cross, COVID cross. I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, and it's, it's just clear. a big messy
0: soup out there. It's clear that if something bad comes down, they will do nothing. Isn't that crazy? Right? And I think monkeypox was the perfect example. And gosh, I'm glad that didn't take off. But it was (laughs) a perfect example of what will happen if something comes along, right? They all follow the same structure. They will let our kids get wiped out. They don't fucking care. No.
1: Because our kids don't contribute to their bottom dollar, right? You're right, like the percentage our, of parents are, aren't contributing enough to the...
0: Our children's hospitals are full, overloaded, understaffed, and our, most of our provinces have billion-dollar profits right now. And they're arguing with the federal government about giving them more money, despite the fact that we saw nothing from them over the time of this pandemic.
1: We're like in billions in surplus. We all fought with BC
0: suffering. to get rapid tests until December 2021 when they finally decided to give us them when they were expiring.
1: Just ridiculous.
0: Right? I ordered these uh, tests and masks through the federal Red Cross program to distribute. And God knows how many they have because they're trying any way they can to get it out because it's not like the provinces are doing it.
1: I know they've put like such a barrier into having just normal Canadians being able to access like the resources that they need to survive and the barriers, man. Like why, why, why are nonprofits like us doing it and not like, say, I don't know, hospitals or community centers?
0: (laughs) They've just never made a plan. They just kept putting the blindfold on because they wanted to wish it away. And every step of the way, it has gone wrong. We have watched them be wrong every time. And now we have kids dying in hospitals we could have avoided. That's the end of the story, right? Like, It's as bad as bad gets, and it's going to keep getting worse. And we try to survive that. I wish I had better news than that. Do I think that this comes to an end? Yeah. I think that a lot of us are smart enough that, we're going to get out of it with as much damage as the people that are not educated on it. But that still is not a great answer. No, I mean, when, after,
1: if we survive this and come out at the end of it, what does it mean for our, our immune systems? Like, are we going to be permanently messed up with permanent immune dysregulation?
0: Well, and that's exactly the things we should have been following, right? That's what we fucking talked about for the last two years. Yeah. It's not throwing our children into this pile without understanding what was going to come of it. And now we have children dying with respiratory viruses, right? Like yeah. to a level we've not seen before. And and now we have public health sputtering over it going, oh, well, well, well we didn't know it would be this severe. Oh, well, 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 you know. <laughs> but they did because they said it's going to be real bad this winter, and then did nothing to mitigate it. Yeah. And then they act surprised.
1: And then the knee-jerk reaction of pop-ups for
0: one weekend of vaccination
1: for the flu. When right, it takes it's a two little weeks. late. Yeah, it's a little. Late. It takes two weeks for it to work in your immune system. Like you still need to mask. Like that, but there's no message about that at all.
0: No, right? and there's doesn't begin. Anti-mask. Doesn't begin to address the fact that you know COVID hospitalizations are picking up. COVID deaths are picking up. You know, we have RSV and flu now, and we are only in the second week of December. <laughs> right? There's still weeks of this. And if kids are sick, all this stuff happens, what happens two months from now when another variant comes? Does it put a larger portion of children in the hospital?
1: We're due oh, for a variant oh. of high concern, too.
2: It will. You don't exactly. Exactly. Want- coming out of immune compromised people those are the very worst kind and that's what's happening and you know 12 months 8 to 12 months later the immune systems that are still the b and t cells are still compromised and Mm -hmm. the b cells are incredibly important for a child's immune system so the kids are not okay and if we look at stars one Eight ten years people eight to ten years later those survivors are have an eighty percent rate of cancer. We right. when you damage your immune system, mm-hmm. the macrophages can't go around eating the cancer cells. Oh, I you know. know. Oh, so this yeah. Is what we're exposing our kids to.
0: Yeah, and kids who already are not quite at that immune point yet—that they're strong and wiping those out for them. Yeah, I'm. I'm terrified of what cancers look like in general, but what we've done to our kids, absolutely. I think we have no idea what sort of things we've opened, and it was so knowable in terms of we knew the precautionary principle, we knew what we had seen before, and there were enough educated and knowledgeable and prescient people to talk about what it looked like going forward, right? Many people in this room included, and... It's been three years now, and they're not changing their pathway, and people are still uh, people still get stuck on that in wanting to think like if we can educate them enough or give them enough info that this is going to change them, it's not. What's going to change them is probably a shocking amount of death of children. and then they'll have to act because people actually get mad. But those are the things that are going to change their mind unfortunately, there's nothing we can do but wait to get there. And it's horrifying for everybody in this room to understand that that's what it's going to take. And we watch and wait for mass amounts of kids to die, and not be able to do anything that's pretty much, you know, destructive to the soul. It's moral injury to everyone that is paying attention to this. And that's all we can do right now and try and hope that At some point, a shock happens big enough that we get to fix some of this, and we try and protect ourselves as much as we can in the meantime.
2: We were censored. We were mocked. We were dismissed, despite all of our screaming right from the beginning of where Mm -hmm. this was going to go you know, there is not enough immune globulin, there is not enough plasma, and there definitely isn't enough antibiotics to get through what's coming for no. all of these people who now have lymphocytopenia, which is why most AIDS patients die. It's mm-hmm. it's not the AIDS, it is the the opportunistic infections after, because they too have lymphocytopenia. Mm-hmm. AIDS and COVID are now the top two causes of lymphocytopenia and that's that's dysregulation of your
0: of your white blood cells but what you see dr henry saying which is what she said on monday is that well it's the flu right the flu often makes kids their immune systems down so then they get secondary infections that was her statement on monday she's not wrong but they even make it more down
2: with covid and Mm -hmm. more with even um uh, antibiotics will even lessen that further some Absolutely. She just refuses to
0: recognize COVID to play a role. Oh, that means responsibility. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious, given that, you know, she published the paper saying she infected all the kids in the last year. So, it's... But she waived her own ethics, though, right? The hypocrisy of these governments is painful to watch. It is.
1: I don't know. It makes me think that she's doing a sequel. like experiment on the population and see what happens
0: i just assume she's on a book tour or wine tour at any given time
1: (laughs) or at the opera
0: pre-touring her spot in hell the woman does not want to answer questions she gets visibly angry when she is questioned about things like children in our community dying that is outrageous she is the top public health official in that province and she gets angry when she is asked questions by our media about dying children
2: that's her real form the ultimate karen i can absolutely <laughs> see her being a troll like at a coffee shop and stuff like that too and just carrying her way through life yeah. i think a smile for her is difficult
0: she but- is umbridge from harry potter <laughs> yeah that's fitting Right, just that saccharine crocodile tears, pretends to be this woman that cares greatly. Uh, The shield, that shield kind of dropped over the pandemic. She doesn't quite put on quite the farce she did before, but um, there's nothing worse than to hear they care. Right. Like in in a couple days, it will be two years since my grandmother died in McKinney. McKinney is under another outbreak right now of COVID. They've not changed a damn thing in any of the long term care outbreaks. There's long term care outbreaks across the province right now. A lot of them aren't even reported anymore. Uh, And schools are just a mess and our hospitals and they still uh, just won't recognize what's going on.
2: In Saskatchewan, it's the same. My stepdad is currently dying of uh, post-COVID complications because they had to see their smiles and remove masking at the lodge, at the care, old old folks care center he's in.
0: Right. And it's, it's hard. It's fucking hard when I see articles coming out about how much we're going to reduce costs with MAID to not really feel darkly about what is happening right now and that in some spreadsheet they have put this up to the costs of going about but man were they short-term thinkers because our economy will collapse under the weight of our workforce loss
2: that's how workers rose up at the during the plague
0: yeah it's time for a general strike it's just the general population isn't there yet and history repeats itself
2: yeah, so let's see what happens because we're heading that way. And we're heading bubonic as
0: well without antibiotics that work for oh. infections. The The severity that kids are getting hit with strep is just horrifying. It's such a, like I used to get chronic strep uh, and it was why I got my tonsils out actually it when I was like 26 was that I had strep for like a year chronically and was on antibiotics that I just could not get rid of it and um it's scary it was scary when my son was sick his fever was 103 right and doctors are overloaded it took days for the testing it took days for the antibiotics I didn't know if I was going to be able to get the antibiotics it's um it's scary to have kids right now is he okay now he's okay now so he was on a 10-day course of antibiotics um but you know it's He's the only one masked in his class.
1: That's so hard.
0: Right? And uh, there's just so many people that are fucking stuck right now. Uh, And that's where a lot of the moral injury comes in too, right? That not only you're sort of working as hard as you can to get through this, but, like, you're getting harmed to do so, but you don't really have any other options. Or at least some people don't, right? That's what they depend on. That's why this is still going there's so many people that would love to step back and be safe for a bit but they can't that's exactly
2: it they're being forced to continue to work and and support the economy and they don't have choices people yeah. have to pay bills they have to pay mortgages they don't have the luxury of just saying no I don't want to be exposed and checking out and
0: let alone with inflation right now right like it's a big difference
2: oh. right yeah, like I
0: don't would have- just up again. My husband had like five days off with my son during the time of his strep and he doesn't have sick pay. He's in a non-union position. That's a full week of work, right? There's no COVID uh, or pandemic uh, help anymore when if you miss work and you don't have coverage for it.
2: I think that was another reason for the push to make this go
0: away absolutely and they took away the testing so nobody can claim disability nobody can claim time off work right like my my workers fellow workers are told you know if symptoms have gotten a bit better and you're feeling better like you can come back to work wow (laughs) there's no there's no isolation periods anymore there's no requirements anymore and healthcare in particular right i'm in community mental health and then out at the uh Uh, a psychiatric hospital for one day a week and they can't the whole programs don't work when we have people out because we are already on bare bones in these programs we've already you know gone down in people and lost positions and having danielle smith in alberta you know stuff gets cut and um yeah we can't we can only keep up so much so like I'm the only psychologist within the young adult services, a doctoral level psychologist. And like, I was sick, I had to take four days off. So that was two psychological intakes with people that I had to do. That was four sessions with clients that I had to cancel. Those are folks with early psychosis that I need to be seeing, right? Uh, When I'm not there, there's nobody to take my place. That job was empty for a while. That's not a program that can just collapse. at least not one we want to see collapse.
2: Absolutely. It's so critical and people just don't see that unless they're in similar systems. So the vast majority never see or understand the importance of that.
0: Yeah. Well, and they get angrier and angrier at the workers as the healthcare system falls apart, not realizing we're literally the only reason it's still going. Like we are trying to hold it together with tape and and caring and hope for the future. Um, But it's hard when people are constantly telling you that them going out to the club or them having drinks for the night is more important than you being able to even do that job or stay well enough to do that job. That's, you know, again, that's why healthcare workers, the moral injury is so high right now. Does anybody want to come up and chat at all? Happy to take questions. I don't know. It's hard. The We knew these months were going to be hard. We knew that. We said that. All of us did. It's still hard to be in it.
2: Oh, that's the worst part, is when you're in the middle of it crumbling, trying to hold it together and being one of those people who are on the front lines it seeing, you know, these people who desperately need help and can't get it. That's it, that really hurts the soul. Like, I feel for you because I can understand exactly what you're going through with these people who need help in a system that was compromised coming into the pandemic. It was yep. difficult pre pandemic. I can't imagine what it's like now, Crystal.
0: They just want more and more from people with less and less in a situation where they've given everything they have for years. And now that it's kids, I just don't think people understand the mental injuries that are gonna happen to people while trying to deal with this and as this gets worse. Um, it's it's I can't fathom the families that are losing children, uh, not that any death matters any more than others. But the death of children tends to hit pretty hard for people um, and hits hard for communities. And that dissonance is going to grow as more children die and people are going to get angrier and and look for somewhere to place it. And that's the sad part that is still to come as well.
1: The collective grief and trauma that's on the horizon is
0: yes but as we all know and and all well, people that have been through trauma we don't always react to trauma in the best way when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or as we're trying to process it and we're going to have a lot of people that are experiencing trauma and I think about this even when what happened in Kelowna recently where um a lady had a stroke or a heart attack in the chair and died in front of the the hairdresser and the salon owner and the people around them that's going to start happening more and the people that are not psychologically minded enough to sort of try to help in the pandemic or try to get better at this they're going to be uh i don't know how well they're going to be dealing with sort of random deaths around them and and trying to cope with uh what we're going to see and i worry what what that will look like um just as the grief deepens as the deaths deepen as we get you know, deeper into the pandemic in a time when they thought it would be getting better, right? 2023 was supposed to be the year that everything got better. <laughs> and then we got back to normal. And here it is. We're at the end of the year, just like getting crushed. Our children are dying. Uh, people coming into 2023, it's it's going to be a rough time. What's up, Ian?
3: Hey, Crystal. Uh, pardon me, Dr. Crystal. <laughs> Dr. Matt. Um I uh, I'm glad you came on. Uh, I've been trying to rest today. Um, this week has been harder than I thought. and um, uh, actually uh, yesterday morning listened to the news about all of the um, new uh, um, infections that uh, are coming down the pike out of mm. nowhere, it seems. It, it just mm. makes me feel like, every day that I want to um, make a difference, that I look at the BC COVID tracker and I think, why why aren't we connecting to this? Um, that when I take a, a moment to reach out to a couple of people, I feel like I'm walking through like molasses mm. that um, people want to change. And they realize that, uh, you know, while well, it's um, a blessing that you can have a meeting like this. Uh, on on social media, that you've had your podcasts, um, that trying to organize something bigger that's uh, in person in in real life, uh, it is it is so so difficult to get past the feeling that uh, um, uh, some solidarity in in concrete terms actually makes things easier, but you just need to make that space and i feel like that every time there's a space it just gets covered in in stickiness i don't know if anyone out there the listeners and by the way listeners have been slowly tumbling into this chat and i'm very glad for the space but i'm just wondering is is it just me is my just that that old and you know maybe maybe a little bit too tired and irrelevant to that that the stickiness is is coming into every time I want to step forward and 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 try to to hold something up or 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 is there somebody who's figured a workaround? That's that's what I want to contribute. Thanks for being here.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. It's just darker right now, and um, people don't have the same capacity that they had and. I think that's sort of a confluence of factors, not that anybody cares any less, but there have been such persistent walls to trying to make progress for so long that most people, uh, it's hard to have the fortitude in just in a genuine way. Like resilience is hard. Hope is actually work, especially when everything sort of seems to be falling apart around us. Um, Community has been the only bridge that has kept me with hope. Right. Conversations like this and being able to talk with people um, that in real life, I it's hard to find anyone around me in my daily life that cares, that I feel cares if my child died, that cares about any of this. And I do think there's a time for grief. And I think we are in that time um because some of what is to happen we cannot change do i think we still push for change yes we always keep pushing um but the reality is children are dying and there's a time to sort of grieve that and i think that these spaces are part of that um but i i feel the frustration in sort of being unable to um, foster that solidarity into real action. I think there's been many attempts at it across the last three years. I think many amazing people are involved, including in here tonight and yourself, Ian, that we we sort of continue try to push forward, but it's hard to find people that have the same vision or work the same way, and uh, we're constantly sort of pushing with allies who Um, may not feel about the same on other topics and then you're pushed to understand what your morals allow and how you work with that and it's complex it's frighteningly complex in ways that we don't understand yet I think and that's why this is so hard is that um, I believe social media plays a huge role in why this has been harder not just why it has been good for community but the 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 ability for misinformation to proliferate, the ability for also public health officials to shut uh, the other information down, is a big problem. Um, so I don't think that answers your question because I think it was more a call to action for community outside of this, if I was hearing it correctly. But I I sort of open that up to to um, wonder what you're thinking after what I just said.
3: Sure. Um, no, th- thanks for um, walking it through. Um, it's helped me to sort my head out as well. Uh, I- I've always uh, uh, thought about this pandemic, uh, like uh, uh, the HIV crisis, um, that, that, uh, except that I was wondering where the the unity was between uh, people who had... Uh, uh, suffered from and uh, the families who had had people die from from covid where their solidarity was but in the in the 80s um, apart from uh, 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 two generations ago when you had people who knew how to organize um, um, you know um, in 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 political uh, um, realms uh, you also had um, a rather um well, a, a more, what do you call it, a uniform uh, victim range. You had uh, people who were um, relatively um, free to organize um, with less to lose. They'd already had far less in the first place. Uh, um, they, they've they had uh, everything to, to, to lose um, with no one paying attention. Um, now um, we have a, a pandemic uh, globally but and the funny thing is this is um, um, not unique to Canada it's around the world that the people who are dying do not feel like they can step up and say uh, well people are dying people who have had people die um, cannot step up and say we can't do this anymore now um, Mel was that you who mentioned that the um, that there were people uh, that there were peasants and and, and uh, workers in the in, in the Black Death? That actually um, um, rose up in some level of uh, rebellion, because uh, I'm I'm right now working through um, I'm about to hit anti-Semitism uh, with uh, regard to the plague doctors um, in great in grade eight social studies. But if this has come up, then you know that's something I want to raise. So uh, maybe you can get to that. Um, you know, but the thing is, in this in this uh, beige plague, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, where, where where's the fight back well it's it's that we have way more to to lose um and uh don't want to be scapegoated um so uh, I, I didn't mean to ramble there but you know if you're going to organize like i mean uh, uh you know somebody pointed out you know if if teachers for example were to regularly leak out the uh you know the myed um stats for um their schools um uh, what do you call it um attendance uh you know well, that's basically uh, proprietary uh, information from the employer that puts us all on notice. But if if our unions and locals said, no, everyone, we're going to do it, and if we get canned, then we close the schools, boy, wouldn't that make a really solid uh, remark to the public about, A, how sick your kids are going to get going to school in the way they are, and B, just how much your teachers actually give a shit that they're prepared to put things on the line and not for, you know, a crappy little bit of uh, of a, uh, a, a wage increase, uh, you know, but but actually to make a point about your kids. That's not happening. Um, and I feel like it's, like I said, it's it's this sludgy molasses to try and get to anybody to talk about this. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's got to be some things that happened in the past that we should be able to copy off of. Uh, sorry, I rambled on there. Uh, I'll I'll I'll, sh- I'll let uh, people step in now.
2: Ian, do you use the um, Worldviews Contact and Change textbook for your grade eight? Pathways. Okay, the um, the Worldviews Contact and Change teacher resource has amazing um, amazing portion discussing about. Uh, how the people, the slaves, rose up, and the plague and its impact. Um, if you want to DM me, I'd be happy to um, share that section with you. I taught it last year to my son. We're homeschool, so I have all the resources here, and I'm happy to share if you want them.
0: I also agree that, um, as I sort of, I said a little bit earlier, I believe general strike is in order. Getting people on board has been the struggle since the beginning. And to be honest, probably should have occurred at the beginning. Uh, I don't know how we get there. And I would be lying if I said that I did. And it would be dishonest of me to suggest that I'm also not feeling... (laughs) brought down by all of this right now and and sort of trying to get through it both because of just how severe everything is right now but also uh, because on the 13th it's my grandma's anniversary of her death and it's hard to uh, keep seeing to keep trying when it feels like there's little movement but I actually don't I think that there has been movement I think we see the media talking about this much more Um, I don't know what the role of unions and everyone else is because they have seemed to sort of flatline during the pandemic. Um, But I don't have enough knowledge in that area to really speak on it. So I think that that's a little outside of my scope, Mel. I don't know if you have thoughts on sort of getting teachers together and how that would work and what the barriers have been there. I think we've
1: heard the barriers. Like, I mean, Jen Heighton talks about it all the time, about how there are... I don't think the teachers are organized enough to get organized. I think everyone's tired. They're beaten down. And I think they just want to avoid as much conflict as possible, which is why I think they took that awful deal from the government to begin with. They just, they remember what they did to the teachers in 2014 when they were starved for 20 weeks without pay. Right. And then all that money they saved from not having to pay the teachers during that long strike in B.C. They just threw it back at the schools and said, oh, hey, here's this extra money. It was really just everyone's pay because we were all on strike and that's not a situation anyone wants to return to, I think. Everyone's afraid. It's, it's almost like we're... It's a world learned helplessness. Yes, learn helplessness. It's exactly what we've been conditioned to do, be helpless. Uh,
3: if you don't mind, I just want to uh, raise that uh, about um, um, strikes. I mean, um, general strikes, you know, we saw in Ontario, everyone was rooting for a general strike, but the reality was that as, as long as you don't have uh, people at their workplaces being um, organized um, to actually take on um, the issues of their classrooms uh, and their workplaces, you know, right there and then, then they'll take directions from the top because they know they they they, haven't, they won't be able to out-organize um, their leadership. And yet I see in other parts of the world, um, you know, people prepared to um, take on their employers on a broad scale, not necessarily general strike, but I mean, you've seen what's happened in Britain for the last six months, that there's been strike after strike across the country in key sectors, um, not just, you know, um, you know, uh, baristas, uh, you know, whole transport and, uh, and deliveries, you know, and, and Royal Mail, you know, the post office, you may not you know, shrug about the post office, but uh, um, um, you know, mail services, uh, postal services are now basically competing with with uh, um, UPS and other courier services. They're finding themselves needing to to be organized in 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 ways they never thought. And so, I'm thinking, like, what is it? Maybe it's just a BC thing. I don't know, Canadian thing that 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 just stops us from figuring this stuff out. Um, We've never I,
0: had to fight for this in the same way though, right? We've been very privileged and trying to uh, teach, <laughs> we see this even with low boat, right? Like trying to teach people or remind people why this matters has become incredibly diff- difficult. But also I do agree that like these changes need to happen but I also think we need to reflect on the fact that we're asking the people that are most harmed by this to be the ones organizing and forefronting that and that's why people with privilege and social and financial capital have to continue pushing why people like me continue pushing is that it's a responsibility of us to do that above and beyond what we expect the workers that are being harmed by this to do that more of us need to be the ones to also organize and push that
3: that that, that's that's True, um, that, that uh, it's been a while since BCers have been in, in a, real, a real bind, but I mean, we have had times where things almost went to general stakes that their things were organized. Um, I don't want to get into a long labor history lesson here, uh, I'll just say that, um, like you know, at, at, at any given you know workplace, um, there are going to be people who. Uh, whose you know partners you know are also you know making a half a decent job and maybe their their job is you know not as unsafe and maybe their kids are a little older and uh, uh, maybe they've managed to dodge the COVID illness bullets. And so these are people who have a, a little more, to it, and like you say, you know, uh, like you say, Crystal. If, if there's, if you have, uh, you know, the the means, the extra means, then then that we 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 can give it. It's just that giving it um, on our own. I mean, like like Jen, Jen Heitons told me, you know, um, uh, you get tired of smacking your head against the wall in, in in trying to do union politics where it's just jammed up with people who either don't know or don't want to know. What it took to build the union one hundred and and one hundred and and then fifty years ago, um, so we're going to go find some people who actually want to do something, and yet yeah, tiny, and yeah, my union should be doing this, but we're not, and so we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. You're doing what you're doing here, and, and, and it's appreciated. And- I have a question. Oh, what,
0: sure. what would be your top suggestion for encouraging or making that change for organization?
3: Wow, right. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm really trying not to come off like a critic. I am just feeling like uh, I'm. I'm. There's a, there's a wheel out there that I don't want to reinvent. And there are days when I think, yeah. But when you're if you, if you're like really young, of course you want to reinvent wheels because you think everything else sucks. But but I'm too old to 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 think like that. Um, and, and so I'm thinking, what am I missing that people are doing that that we could learn from? Uh, and, and I honestly don't don't know i just see that other people are able to organize and i wish i could do what they do but um i i suggest it i i i offer it uh, and and it's like uh, oh that's neat and then uh, there's no uptake a- and, and yet you know there are people who are still trying to make a difference and i'm just wondering what what the what the you know the catalyst uh you know the, the spark the the agar gel—I don't know what you want to call it. To what's what's going to really, you know, help it along? And I don't have a, uh, you know, a um, what do you call it? Uh, um, I, I don't have this thing where I, I want to share it now and say try it. Uh, I'm looking for somebody else who's 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 done it because all I'm doing by sharing is stuff that I've, you know, seen either I looked at it in a history book from 80 years ago or I saw it eight minutes ago in, in on a on a uh, what do you call it on a on a, on a newsfeed.
0: I similarly wish I had that answer but I do not and I'm very happy to hear from people who have thoughts about how to sort of bridge that gap and turn what are sort of many individual actions into more of a collective action. I think the hard part is that similarly we are both in the same place of we see the block but it's incredibly hard to figure out the solution to that block and keeping hope is sort of where I've come to right now, is to try and just keep myself in hope and those around me while we figure that out. Money
2: is always the catalyst and the solution. So many people can't risk their security, their financial and personal security to to cross that line. Um, even the threat of having that risk is enough to deter many people from acting on the outrage that they feel. If we take a playbook um, right out of what these covid did in Ottawa and had crowdfunding for this side of the coin, it may make a difference if people knew, hey, if this all goes south, you know, I will still be able to pay my mortgage and, and uh, keep my head above water. You know, so some so- sort of collective action that is well-funded. You know, and unfortunately, we're we're not on the side of favour with that. Because that money comes from big business, which is obviously rooted in the economy, which has been fighting to shut people like us up.
0: Yeah. It's hard to get the same resources. It's incredibly hard. Um, and just figuring out how to pool that in a way that, it's most effective is still incredibly hard (laughs) and we're three years in like what would everybody
2: do if they didn't have to worry about rent or mortgage or utilities or going to work and could literally just devote their entire days to exactly what they wanted to do
0: so for me interestingly i would still be working in my position i believe it's important it's a necessary service and it's helping people Um, I would be able to resource better in terms of the masks I'm wearing, the air ventilation I can have in my office, what I can have resources to offer to my clients. But in reality, my husband probably would leave work. He would stay at home with my son. Um, But we don't have that ability because he had children before. We have to pay child support. Like, there's all these other financial obligations Um, that have changed the way we've reacted to the pandemic. And that's just me being honest. And I know that some people will look at that and be like, oh, you could figure it out or like move it this way. Some people are just not in that position, right? They don't have the ability to do that, um, as Cindy spoke to. Um, So it's hard. It's hard because we're also coming into this area of like vast inflation and this financial distress that people are going to be in from the pandemic still Um, How many people are are taking time off work now that's unpaid and having to do all these things that is only going to further reinforce that not wanting to be a threat. Um, And I've said this on Twitter. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Um, is that I think it's going to take something significant for it to change their mind. It's not going to be any one of us. It's going to be something that does cause enough of a shift in the population. I don't think that's anything good or anything that we want to think about, but um, based on history, that's also what I think, right? Is that um, if we're not seeing the social movement that we need to get those changes, it's going to be some sort of significant event, whether that's, um, another variant comes along and sweeps us, or we see a bunch of kids lost in December, January, because of these uh, multiple infections, but something will break at some point.
1: It's inevitable, it's not something.
0: This can't uh, go on forever. No, it cannot. If, just, just, let's just take the, the, the simple fact of, okay, if they are correct, Kids are just going to just magically get all this uh, immunity, herd immunity from being sick this winter. Hey, and the sickness is just going to magically stop. Well, they've told us that for seven waves of COVID, right? Um, So if that's not correct, and we uh, determine that the sort of thought is correct, that there's some immune dysfunction caused by COVID that lasts, you know, eight to 12 months at least that we've seen. All of our kids were almost infected in 2021 and 2022. Uh, They're going to have immune dysfunction. They're now getting swept with these respiratory viruses in December. I don't understand how it can get anything but worse. And Cindy, maybe you can tell me if I'm off there because I'm not as, I'm I'm no expert.
2: You're not off. It's just going to get worse because people continue to get reinfected. With these newer variants, we're losing any efficacy for vaccines, never mind the updated bivalence. You know, and now there's talk about an unknown variant that is causing really quick respiratory death. It's yet to be proven, but that's a, a theory going on around um, these people who are watching the variants and, and tracking them and tracking what they do. So it's, it's yet to be formally disclosed, but uh, under the surface, that's what's bubbling in the scientific c- corners. And and I think they have good reason to believe that, right? But it, it it can only get worse right now because they let it rip through our children. You know, and children's immune systems are very different than adult immune systems. You know, so um, a worse part is coming for the kids. That's what I think. Uh, they They should have taken so much more precautions with our kids.
0: Well, I always have the concern that because BC was so stubborn about masks that uh, we're definitely going to see some of the harder hits in BC because of what our public health specifically chose to do in terms of um, vaccination for kids and sort of putting off all these things that uh, we do. We see the deaths picking up in BC pretty quickly, and and I don't expect that's going to stop for them because they've made such a point to be anti-mask across across the pandemic and are only pushing that further now with Henry. I think so too.
2: And Alberta is not going to get any better. I think we're really close, um, closely matched there. This new Danielle Smith is trying to make it illegal for schools to have a masking mandate of any sort. It's, it's just an insanity. How did we get an anti-vax, anti-mask premier like what we didn't even vote her in 1% of the population she barely skidded in on a private UCP vote like it's it's just horrific you
0: know but and she's this, got her hands all over AHS right now
2: oh she fired the CMOH Was she wasn't good anyways Hinshaw but the two the two deputy CMOHs resigned we don't know why if it was forced or if they just couldn't watch it anymore i'd love to know you know but uh, we don't know yet i don't know if we ever will know and she's trying to run everything as she sees fit you know oh yeah
0: she's at the top talking to this uh got swiped the board right and now there's this one person him and danielle smith are running ahs making all the decisions and that's all for privatization
2: You know, But she's literally had a little sign on her podium, help is on the way, like she's some sort of Mrs. Doubtfire to try to bring Tylenol into Alberta. She buys 5 million bottles from a foreign country that's not approved for import into Canada. So that's going to take a really long time. Meanwhile, if it even gets approved, this is not a product they regularly make either. And meanwhile, the federal government already has it covered and the supply chain is correcting itself. You know, this is the type of lunacy th- that we're looking at. You,
0: well, know, and- you, you even see like PHAC now putting out, you know, COVID vaccine reminders federally because there's such a failure, right? We are very under vaccinated and we're immune compromised. We are like the breeding ground of hell right now for viruses.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People could, that can stay home and keep their kids home, they should keep doing that or start doing that if they're able for sure. But the people who can't, they have to fight tooth and nail for the best ventilation and the best masking they can possibly find. You know, you have to go all out. That investment in your family's health it is everything, you know. So if people are concerned they don't have adequate masking, there's Project N95. There's some other groups I can't think of right now that have popped up and you can get um, free or cheap masks from them. You know, like I heard Crystal, you say you, you don't feel that you have adequate
0: masks for what you're going into. Oh, so in community health, we just have surgical masks. So I I provide all my own masks. So I'm wearing glide right now. I sort of rotate between some of them for seals, but I mean, yeah, I'm surrounded in surgical masks.
2: Oh no. So you're just trying to protect yourself with what you
0: bring. Yep. I have an air purifier set up right next to my, right on my desk, essentially. And everyone has to come talk to uh, me masked in my office if they want to talk. Uh, but there's only so much you can do, right? Uh, and that's the hard thing is that now the, the people such as myself who don't want to leave these positions, I care about my work, I care about my clients, but it's like actively hard to even have safety now. Um, right. That some of the times are moving back towards in-person meetings instead of blended and making decisions at those levels now uh, with Danielle Smith involved that are going to really impact people down the line. Right. Like we had a big we had a big meeting and then the next week, like three of us were off sick. And then for three weeks, people were off just falling down. Right. All through November, we had people off um, and that's not going to get better um, but I try to show people, you know, in my daily life with my air net, with my air filter, with my mask that I wear, I try to explain it to them when they ask. Not a lot of people are interested right now, which is the hard part.
2: Yeah, it's become such a, a hard topic to even discuss with people. They just are tuned out to it and just want to believe so badly that we're out of this. They just don't want to hear it at all.
0: You know? um, it makes them angry to a level like I have turned down some events recently and I can definitely see like my team is disappointed, but I don't I can't go like I'm not going to risk my family's health for that. No, Um, but people are upset now because we keep doing this because we keep trying to stay safe and it's that reminder that. This is nowhere near what they told us it was going to be, right? This just this is getting worse, and we we are active reminders of that. And I do worry as we come into twenty twenty three um, that we will be people will protect, potentially be victimized because of that. I think so.
2: There's an awful lot of peer pressure, you know. So if people as they want to protect themselves they could be swayed to unmask her photos to attend
0: events where the, it's against their better judgment TV. well and i'm just seeing people like ripping people's masks off like oh, attacking well. them for having these conversations i, I would
2: survive have- them there is no way <laughs> there is no way oh my god no you know, even my son, if it comes down to it and I can't find a safe way to have him here for Christmas, he knows that will it'll be virtual. He decided to go to university. Um, he knows worst case scenario. And that was still his adult decision. So I just did the best I can to support him. Um, and he did get COVID in September. It, it was the, the lecture halls are packed, 100, 200 kids. And he's like one of maybe five wearing a good mask. Like, that's how bad it was. And so after he's infected, I said, don't go to your lectures. Get all your information from your slides, you know, um, your advisors, your, your, your past help. Get it online, but don't go to any more of those sardine lectures. So, you know, it's so far so good. He had four vaccines going into university. Um, It seemed to clear as far as anything hanging around and causing him symptoms right now. But I fully expect my son to come home disabled earlier than he should and have his life shortened, uh, his energy shortened. Um, So despite I, I, I can't time up at home he's a young adult, he, he is 19, he can legally make his own decisions, you know, and I'm not the type of person that's going to threaten him and tell him, no, you can't move on with your life because it's not safe out there. You know, let's try to find the safest way possible. So I'm absolutely trying to make this time of his life as enjoyable and wonderful as possible, given his choice, because I don't see it getting any better quite frankly. So
0: but that's heavy.
2: It is. It really is. But you know, um he knows he knew leaving that if it wasn't going to be safe for everybody, it would be virtual Christmas. So he's okay with that. And I'll make sure he has gifts there and food, everything else. Plus he has a an amazing girlfriend. Um he didn't even mean to find a girlfriend. They just she literally fell off the bus crying. And he's like, oh, my goodness, can I help you? And she was in a sheer panic attack and she was masked and he was masked. It was for orientation, actually. And uh, she was having a panic attack because there were so few people on the bus who were actually masked. And she was just so upset by that. And he said, well, I'm a masker. I don't go anywhere unmasked. I do not leave my apartment unmasked. He said, I'm happy to, I'm tall. I'm happy to take you around and we'll avoid, we'll avoid everyone without a mask, which was pretty much everyone. But it just, and then he offered to drive her to and from school instead of her having to take public transport. And it just evolved from there. And she's such a a lovely and and nice girl. She's taking kinesiology. And I have not been able to meet her in person and do all of these things that a mother wants to do. You know, help their son set up their apartment. All of these things. It's just all been virtual. So it's very frustrating. But um, at the same time, you, as a parent, you have to step into that role and support your children's decisions the best you can. You know, um, I've never understood parents who disown their children for just being themselves, quite frankly. So I could never, I could never disown my child for wanting to live their
0: life and not wanting to be
2: locked down. So I
0: think a hard part we're going to see, an exceptionally hard part, which this is making me think about and making me a bit sad is that um, as the outcomes do come out we have to accept that a portion of people's values will not align with our own. Their choice will not be to be as protective as they can, even when they do know the outcomes. Their thoughts will be they've been infected, they've you know, caused some harm to themselves, and they're going to want to sort of live the best they can, regardless, um, because they know sort of they've caused some damage. So then it's just like that, that unfortunate human thought of like, well, I'm going to get everything I can out of it. Well, I can, right?
2: Yeah, the reality, there are some people who are just going, they that will prefer a short, well-lived life doing exactly what they want than a long one, you know? And, and we had deep discussions. I made my son sign a health directive and a death directive and didn't sugarcoat a thing. And this was still his informed decision. So, you know, given that, what do you do? It's not like he didn't know going into it, right?
0: Well, and and that's the thing is people do have the right to make that decision and they always have. Um, We're in a position now where vulnerable people are being actively harmed by people that can cause infections in other people, which is so separate from where that started in terms of the choice to give yourself risk is different than the choice to give risk to others. And that's sort of why we have this, we just have this complete breakdown now of our public health has pushed that these are individual choices that we're making uh, personal risk assessments, but it was never a personal risk assessment. If you were choosing to go around other people, it was never a personal risk assessment. Absolutely.
2: Like he, he knows better. He goes nowhere without a mask. He did you know, a full uh, 12 days until he tested negative twice. 48 hours apart before leaving his apartment you know even though legally he could have so he's he's very conscientious about that but
0: right we're at that place where change is possible but change is hard yes we can be safer we can have precautionary principle we can update these things we don't have to stop life and that's the whole thing we've been saying from the start was that we can mitigate this That's right, you know, and I'm very privileged. I'm on a a
2: ranch in southern Alberta. The pandemic came, I shut my gates, we're self-sufficient. I have no need to leave, you know, and I could shelter everyone in place who wanted to be here and be sheltered from it. Um, Some people, this is some people's version of heaven, and country life is some people's version of hell, you know. So it's, even though we have things like he a shop he can go do, his mechanics, you know, all all of the livestock, the open space, the recreational vehicles, you you go boating, go quadding, do what you like. You know, it's still not the life he wants to live. Um, So, and you can't uh, force people to do things they don't want to do and live a life they don't want to live. And what's so egregious is that so many of us who are trying to be cautious are literally being forced to do that. We're being forced to conform and live a life that we didn't sign up for. None, Nobody signed up to be put at risk every time they walk into the office to wonder, you know, if that five-minute conversation was that enough to infect them. You right. Know, there's
0: no choice for us.
2: Right. Yeah. And have that panic all the time. You know, it's just... I I think it overwhelms a lot of people to the point where they give up because they can no longer sustain that level of internal panic. It becomes sustainable.
0: Humans psychologically are made to be social creatures, whether we're introverted or not, we need our community. And this is, this is putting many of the people that are cautious into a position where they feel like they can't even access their community or the community that they did have, um, sort of they have to give up their health in order to be still part of that community. And that's such a sad place uh, for people to be in and and sort of speaks to, unfortunately, the ableism within our community that has only strengthened across time that um, people are unwilling to accept that some people don't want to live that pathway and want to be safe and have those things Um, And have mistaken like their choice to put themselves at risk with the choice to put us at risk. That conformist attitude has
2: never really gotten better across time, has it? In one way or another, it's still so very much there. Like it takes me back to when I was a child. My, My mother's, sorry, my father's mother would take us to church every Sunday, most often against our will. And the most exciting part was after church. She'd take us to visit some friends of hers, and they'd have those hard red raspberry candies. So that was what we would look forward to on these Sundays. And these people, the, the wife, she was paraplegic. She was paralyzed from the neck down. And it was a Catholic church. So there's a part in Catholic church where people turn around and shake each other's hands. And they were always at the back of the church because it wasn't set up for wheelchairs. And nobody would take the time to go shake their hands. They would just stare awkwardly. And they were outcast because of her disability. So we would go visit them. My grandma would take us there after church every Sunday. And they had this tiny house, you know, and they would have the most wonderful, rich stories. It was an absolute treat to sit there and listen to this world they had created for themselves. It, it was magical. And, and the most magical part about it is that um, the wife, her name was Rose, uh, she had broken her neck skiing on their honeymoon. And when we knew them, um, they were already elderly, and they committed to each other. Car- uh, the husband, Ed, he committed to his wife for their whole life, and they were outcast from society in a, you know, because that would have been in the 50s, 60s. And in a time, it wasn't a, in a small town, too. So there wasn't the accommodations for somebody that disabled. But they made the best of it by creating their own world that was more vibrant than able-bodied people and they couldn't care less about these people who couldn't be bothered to come shake their hand because they lived entirely in this world they had created and those who showed them kindness they would let us see little glimpses of this magic and it was wonderful so it made it made it all
0: worth it on that community right and finding people with similar values. And I think that's sort of what has caused a lot of the division and what continues to perplex us and cause us problems with having a cohesive movement forward is that uh, so many of us are realizing that people hold critically different values than us and that didn't become uh, that relevant until the pandemic because these weren't things that we really discussed how we would respond to a pandemic or whether we would prioritize children dying or those were never a question to people. And, you know, manufactured consent has happened across the pandemic to sort of pull people along to being more and more accepting of of what's happening. Um, And as part of why we're in such distress now is that nobody trusts the government from any perspective because they've done such a poor job. And I uh, can see why people that don't necessarily think the same way as us are frustrated and have those thoughts and have sort of gone to misinformation is that um, it's not like the government was there to stop that.
2: No, and psychologically we haven't changed. You know, whether it's people not wanting to shake the hand of somebody because they're paraplegic and can't reach it out or whether we don't, it's mass people, you know, not wanting to, to shake the hand of unmasked people or vice versa nothing has changed. There's that awkwardness and that um, they don't want to step across. Very few people want to bridge that gap. They just want to go the path of least resistance and pretend they didn't see that because then they don't have to engage, be responsible, be accountable, and really open themselves
0: up to that vulnerability. Ooh, Cindy, you called it. I was just about to say so vulnerable for people, right? Because the expectation will be when we have these conversations is that you should tell me what your values are. You own up to your values, be accountable for them. If you're telling me that uh, you sort of doing these things is more important than us having hospitals for children, that's fine. That's your choice. But at least own that. At least own that. Because that's where a lot of the breakdown happens is nobody right now sort of understands, is aware is willing to accept what these behaviors mean. And when they're getting to this place where children are sick and it's getting worse and worse, they're sort of critically being put in this position of, of having to understand. And a lot of denial is gonna happen and it's just gonna be sad because at the end of the day, our children are paying the price of, of sort of the failure of public health right now on every side.
2: And at a government and decision-making uh, level, you know these these people. They're also um, just you know that that railroad track analogy we learn early in university. It's a it's a thought exercise where you can stop the lever so the train uh, only runs over one person or it runs over a whole bunch of people. They're they're not even considering that anymore. They're just walking away from the lever entirely. They're just absolving themselves of having to make any difficult decision, and it is doing a grave disservice to society. They're just like,
0: yeah, whatever the train does, I didn't see it. Go, go ahead. Well, and that it—that it's uh, not only that, but you didn't see the train; you saw nothing. Right? Like, not only are they sort of doing this, but they. Actively tell us we're not seeing what we're seeing, which is making it um, ever increasingly harder as well. That it just we get the same answers no matter what happens, and that feeds the hopelessness, right?
3: But we are making change,
0: there is, you know, like. You see much more discussion now about immunity debt not necessarily being correct. We see people, you know, I have seen lately a few more people wearing masks, like movement happens. It's just incredibly hard to see. And it's incredibly hard to sort of accept the small movements we're making when such harm is also happening. But it is happening and that's why we keep pushing. That's why we continue to value lives is because there isn't really another choice, right? There's no point in this pandemic. Am I going to decide to join people and say I'm not going to try and save any more lives? It is what it is. I, my system won't allow me to do that.
2: They've literally gaslit the whole train away. Those people did not die from being hit by a train. They died from chemicals on those. They were with tracks. a train, not because of a train. With a train, yes, and it was the chemicals from the train tracks. That's what. There was no train. Mild train, mild train injuries.
0: Yeah, and I think 2023 is going to be the year where we see it's harder for them to throw that line out because they were doing pretty well at hiding data and sort of trying to excuse it. But as the excess data continues to grow, not only here, but in other countries, it forces Canada to look at it more closely as well. So we have those sort of increasing pressure systems that are going to come down, which is going to make our government very squirrely. And I suspect that we're just, yeah, we're in for a rough ride for the first couple months. But uh, the actions, I hope, add up. It's a mess, though,
2: right? And China just did a... Oh, Lord. U-turn. So if you need a new iPhone or tech or something, get it now.
0: The, the, they
2: They don't have the icus for their population base they're worse off no. than canada
0: i've already seen some of the hospital images coming out of it just packed like person to person oh to person. god oh my god and then they
2: had a commercial showing
0: people unmasking smiling and i was like no right they're doing that the uh, they're they're literally following the west stuff that they started last year around this time for omicron they're pretty much using the same lines Oh,
2: this is going to be a disaster, even worse. I just wow, there's no good solution there because they were not set up for their, their population base to begin with. Not that Canada or anywhere else really was, you know. Um, but to continue to keep people at that level of isolation was also not healthy, you know. Uh, Everybody seems to miss that it can be balanced out if you just acknowledge the masking and the ventilation. We could have been so much further ahead if that would have been started
0: immediately. Well, and we had time and knew, and I remember saying this in like June 2020, why we weren't building up domestic testing capacity, why we weren't building up domestic masking stuff, right? Those would have been jobs that we could have used.
2: Played. the rapid tests could have been used when they were actually effective for schools for hospitals for workplaces and they were sitting
0: on them they were and now so, so that's i you know we ordered through the red cross the four boxes of rapid tests and four boxes of masks and those are just sitting there in a warehouse right that people are just applying for it nonprofits to try and get them out those are likely the supplies the provinces refused to give up to give out we know millions of tests were unaccounted for They just sat. And now we have tests that don't work very well, right? That are barely screening for these variants. Um, But I'm gonna distribute everything I can because it's better than nothing, right? Screening something is better than nothing. Having a K95 with head straps is better than someone wearing a surgical mask or nothing at all. Like we do every bit that we can to try and save some lives. Maybe that's my end point tonight is we gotta keep trying to save some lives. Because that's the only way I'll be able to live with my, myself at the end of this. Thoughts, Mel?
1: I'm just trying to process this whole situation and how it keeps getting worse and worse, and how absolutely terrifying it is to be a parent right now with little children. You're just like, "Who? I hope I made the best decisions, you know, that kept them safe." And it's almost too much to process that we are indeed on our own right we are so on our own to the point that we are now responsible for distributing rapid tests and masks to our own community that's how on our own we are
0: yeah we are but we don't process it alone and that's why we're here tonight is that it is overwhelming Mm And it is paralyzing, and it is terrifying, (laughs) and it is worrying for the future of our children. But we don't have to do it alone, and that's what keeps us going, right? And that's all we keep doing, (laughs) trying to save some freaking lives, I guess. Yeah.
2: That's why these spaces and this social media is so important, to support each other and let people know that they're not alone out there you know, and to keep fighting this good fight and to keep encouraging others to mask and let them know what's coming down the pipe and how to be safe and how to do better ventilation, you know, and the people that do say, wow, I need to take better precautions to have a place to go to say, okay, here's how, you know. So these these are important spaces to have. And I thank you for hosting this um, this evening. I hope to see more.
0: Absolutely. It's been uh, challenging to do them more often, to be honest, in the last six months, uh, just with my own sort of processing of everything going on. But I do agree it's needed and it's hard to get things uh, solidified across places if we don't do it consistently, which I do recognize, um, but also deal with my own capacity issues as well, to be honest. Um But I I do believe that like each day we go out there and we do something like every time we get someone to test or wear a mask or do anything of the sort, that can be lives saved at this point. That's where we're at. Right. Um, So every little bit does count and will matter to someone's family, whether we know it or not. That's right.
2: And even though it's the third Christmas, you can lock down for some people, self-imposed lockdown. You know, it's um, it's only one day and it can be enjoyed virtually and there's a, a whole lifetime waiting if we can avoid this literal plague.
0: Absolutely. So we keep pushing. And maybe we uh meet again next week. How about that, Mel? Sounds good. And with that, we should end tonight. Thanks all for coming. I'm welcome to uh, message me if you want to chat further about anything. Otherwise, we'll so post much. this on the uh, podcast in a few days. Thank you, everyone. For being Thanks. Here.